Yes. You are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports as ordered. Just in case y'all don't know who we are. On the other side of me. Yeah. New Jerusalem's own. Yeah. VA Bread. Yeah. Even Kill. <laughs> Always. Rational. Absolutely. Don't bring feelings to a fact a fight. Fact fight, baby. Let's go. He is Mr. Logical. And I am the one and only. Be more zone. Marilyn, we in the building. 2-5. <laughs> Tonight, we're going to talk to you about some coaching news around the NFL. We got picks, baby. It's Thursday night, AFC title game in Baltimore, NFC title game in uh, Santa Clara. So uh, join us. Biggest movement since Dipset. Sports reports is on. Yeah. Uh, we used to kick off the show with a little something called Get It Off My Chest, and it starts right about now. So throughout life, we all go through the same struggle. Who am I? What am I? Where am I going? So as I watch sports, I see these teams that have identity problems. The Buffalo Bills, are they a contender? Are they elite? Or are they just a team with an overrated quarterback? We'll see. But I want to talk about the association. There's a team that goes by the name of the Milwaukee Bucks. And if you didn't know any better, you would think they were a contender. They got this guy that they call the freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, or as I like to call him now, GM Tacumpo, Giannis. Because this offseason, there was a coach in Toronto, assistant coach by the name of Adrian Griffin, and Giannis said, I want him. So the Bucks brought him in, but this is the problem. It's 2024 now. The Bucks won a title back in, what was it, 2021? Yeah, so but that seems like a long ago, time ago in our current standard, but yeah. Yeah, three years ago, Giannis was the finals MVP. Remember, he dropped 50 in the game clinching, in the finals clinching game. 18 but free throws. So from the 2-5 perspective, if you want to win titles, you got to go get somebody that's been there before. LeBron tried that with David Black. You can't just get these coaches off the street and think that you're going to win a title. So everybody in America knew that Milwaukee was not going to win the title this year with a dude named Adrian Griffin as their head coach, <laughs> right? Everybody knew that. So now the season starts and we have these incidents. We got Giannis while they're talking to players and coaches, Giannis in the background drawing up plays, trying to figure out what his coach called because he don't know what it was. We got Giannis sitting at the scores table. The coach said, come out the game, get over here. And Giannis just stays at the table after the game. The coach is like, I wanted to take him out the game to get a quick breath. I told him to stay. You ain't tell him to stay at the scorer's table. He just blocked you out. We had Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis, the dude that punched his teammate in the face and broke his face. Remember that? Over in Chicago? Broke somebody's face? He was sitting there. got to be intense, dog. He was sitting in the press conference talking about, yo, we need leadership. I'm tired of looking for leadership, all while undermining their head coach. So once the new year hit, everybody said, yo, Adrian, Adrian Griffin's on the hot seat. 
and these rumors were going around. Yesterday, they fired him. Now, the question that I ask, who are you, Milwaukee? Who did you think you were? Because if you thought that you were a championship contender, you would not hire this nondescript in the first place. So then, not only do they trade Captain Drew Holiday, you know, the perimeter defensive god that they had. True. And now they're sitting up here talking about our defense is bad. But the problem is, you know what the problem is? The problem is they're fourth in three-point percentage defense. They're 25th in the paint. That ain't got nothing to do with Damian Lillard, whose shooting percentages are down 7% from two this year. I don't know if that's coaching. What I do know is that that's an old dude that's about to be on the hook for a lot of money. Like $60 million. That you're probably going to be stuck with, and then you go get Doc Rivers, who won a championship, uh, let's say, 16 years ago. That people most still celebrated championship ever though. Celebrate it like it happened yesterday, you know. And here he is. He was a consultant with the team, and now he creeps right on in. And I'm supposed to trust the guy that couldn't get Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey with a little bit of Tobias Harris past the second round. I'm supposed to trust this guy that started the NBA season 0-19 with Tracy McGrady. I was supposed to trust this guy that didn't win another title after that title in 2008. The Boston Three Party. To somehow come to Milwaukee and be the answer. The only answer I know is Allen Iverson. <laughs> Shut up, VA. So let me tell you a little something about the Milwaukee Bucks. You fucked up now. So. Mr. Logical, there's some uh, coaching news. A little bit, a little bit. I heard that the Atlanta Falcons have a new coach. They made a move. They made a move. And I heard that you were livid. All right, livid is a stretch. That's a stretch. Uh, I'm more concerned with the this team just kind of operated on the status quo. Raheem Morris was an NFC South head coach with the Buccaneers. He was an assistant in different capacities and then interim coach with the Atlanta Falcons a few years back. So you already kind of have a resume on him. You already know. I'm not saying he can't improve, but you already know as of right now, I think his record is something like 21 and 38 as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That stretch from 2015 to 2020, we mixed in the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl run. The defense was playing great. But that's where the points, the leads, and the collapses were happening. And as we watched years pass by, I remember I was – and I'm always somewhere in public. I was at the – I was at a bar for brunch on Sunday watching them when they told Todd Gurley not to score and he scored and Matt Stafford came back down against Detroit and scored and won the game. Touchdown pass TJ Hawkinson. I watched them not fall on an onside kick against Dallas and blow like a 15-point lead in the last couple of minutes. I watched them blow leads to the Bears. And it just was happening so often to where the second half inability to adjust the games was happening week to week to week. 
he was on those stats. You fired the head coach, put him in place, and then allowed him to go advance his career as defense coordinator to Rams. And yes, he probably did a remarkable job there, but you've already been down that path. And I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I'm not saying he's not a good person. But think about like an ex you had. You picked him. You dated for a while. You broke up. You split. You improve yourself. They improve themselves. And you kind of like have a conversation. It seems like, okay, this might work. But when you think about it, like the core reasons that you guys split the first time are still the same thing. So now everything's going to be viewed through that lens. Any kind of argument is going to be viewed through like, well, we had the same argument four years ago. And look how that turned out. Are you going to really work on it? Are you going to give Raheem, are you going to give him a full season? They start out two and seven. They go into the bye. Is he going to be the coach after the bye? Because you already know what you're getting because you already have his record at 21 and 38. And everyone's talking about the Bill Belichick. We talked about the rumors and all of that. I was like, I'd rather you either get a full-on established winning coach or just start over anew with some of these other coaches that these other teams got. Because at least you you can marry that up with the new quarterback and be like, okay, this is their growth together. I got another guy that got 60 games under his belt. I can't be like, oh, he's growing. Like you already got sixty games under your belt. Like you should be in a better position. We should, you should start now seven and two next year with the amount of experience you have as a head coach and as an assistant over these last ten years. Yeah, Yo, you know the best thing about the Falcons hiring Raheem Morris, the fact that the Rams get two draft picks for having a minority on their staff. That got they got a job. Yeah. You know, so so you made it, and you made another NFC team better. Yeah, they did that too. So, you know, uh, Raheem Morris, you know, uh, <coughs> some people me. feel as if he got an unfair deal in Atlanta because, as you mentioned, he was the interim coach. They started 0-5. Dan Quinn got fired. He came in, won four games. And the only thing I'll say about that is Coach Prime won four games and people were ready to build a statue. You know, now, with that being said, I don't like the hire, you know, because when I think of Raheem Morris, I think of double up. What do I mean by double up? When it's third and six, he got the corners 12 yards away. When it's third and three, he got the corner six yards away. This is what he does. You know, um, I think, I hope that he learned some lessons. That's all you can hope for is that he learned some lessons throughout his previous coaching tenure he had a 10 and 6 year in tampa accompanied by some 3 and 13 and 4 and 12 obviously because he's 21 Correct. and 38 yeah the record, you know, <laughs> so, the record bounced out yeah the record bounced out so you know as i look at it i told you this what like two three weeks ago we were in the group talking about yo why are the falcons or all these teams announcing who they're interviewing and you said something along the lines of like trying to they're provide gonna- hope for the fans Hope for the fans because I knew I knew without a doubt. Like, listen, people kind of get mad at me when I act like this kind of prognosticator that knows everything. But I mean, sometimes I just do. I knew they were gonna post all these interviews so all the fans would get excited about Harbaugh, Belichick, Vrabel. And I'm not like I'm not I'm not I'm gonna give credit to Colin Cowherd because he said this. I was thinking it, but he said it out loud. He was like, 
those guys weren't Atlanta was not interviewing Jim Harbaugh. They were not interviewing Bill Belichick. They were not interviewing Mike Rabel. Those guys were interviewing the Falcons saying, why should I come here? And they put on their PowerPoint slides and all the numbers and the cap and everything else. They tried to sell the team to these coaches. It wasn't the other way around. Right. So like I said, I'm like, we're going to post all these interviews and end up hiring like some special teams coordinator from Seattle or somewhere that had a good punting, you know, season. Cause that was going to happen because that's what the Falcons do. They're not, they don't make decisions that they don't throw caution to the wind, even when it's like time for it. Let's see with the, the Rams after they won a Super Bowl. Granted, he said this after they hoisted the trophy F them picks. <laughs> but he had to make that decision prior to granted he had Aaron Donald and he got, he lucked up with the Stafford, Jared Goff, whatever situation that caused that to make that trade viable. Um, but that in and of itself is the difference between Atlanta and these other teams. And we're going to talk about Carolina. We're going to talk about these other teams, but we're going to talk about everybody, you know, talk about everybody, but it, it just, but like I said, you know, it goes back to Atlanta taking B. John Robinson number eight overall. I'm not saying he's not a talented player, but you you needed to bolster the defense, which you did in free agency. They brought in a lot of defensive players free agency. So go heavy the defense. Build that up. That way the, the Joe Flacco Baltimore Ravens, you know, kind of philosophy they had. They didn't put a lot of offensive talent around Joe Flacco. They just kept getting him the ball at the 48 with interceptions and fumbles. So he only had to go 20, 30 yards or 15, 20 yards to get in the field goal range. So Baltimore could win a lot of games 20 to 14 or 20 to 13 because they were getting takeaways. They were getting punts. They, you know, they were just doing other things because they had, they had a stacked defense. Atlanta had that opportunity and they decided, you know what? Uh, they decided to. They don't give us. <laughs> so we have a lot of people chiming in. Appreciate that, but like I said, I'm. I I don't think he's a bad coach. I just don't know that he's gonna get the time he needs to build on a team that needs some structure, needs some architectural work, needs some ground, some found, you know, some foundational work. Right. If it doesn't start off great, it's going to be like, man, did we make a mistake? Instead of just starting out fresh, they were like, do we make a mistake bringing this guy back? Well, that's did why I, I like your... get back with my ex type thing. Yeah. That's why I like your ex analogy, because I would like to think that if I blew a Super Bowl 28 to three, I don't want any remnants of that around me. I'm not trying to wear that shirt no more. I'm not trying to go back there to the same office. Yeah, like it's, it was my lucky shirt at one time until it got a hole in it. You know, that, same that owner, same building. It it's no new. Nothing's new. Every like you're literally running it back to a bad time. But you brought up uh, Jim Harbaugh as well, and you know we had that conversation. I've been a proponent of Jim Harbaugh's going to go to the Chargers because they have the quarterback. 
you know, they have talent galore. They're probably going to have to lose some of it, you know, just because of cap space and all that kind of stuff. They have, still- the, they have the fourth worst cap space. Yeah. And that's the other thing that kind of like masks some of these decisions is like, it looks great because you have Justin Herbert. That's why this 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 narrative that is quarterback driven league is going to cause Harbaugh a little bit of pain. I don't think he's going to have that much success with the Chargers. Ooh, I'm going to say it first. Okay, okay. Because okay, time out, time out. Define that much success. Well, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. Okay, the the wide receiver draft pick you got last year. Quentin, Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson. I think he might have had a few hundred yards receiving, maybe like 330, 400 yards, if that. Well, Mike Williams can't stay healthy. Uh, Keenan Keenan Allen. Uh $60 million cap hit between the two of them. Khalil Mack and Bosa, another $50 million or something like that in their cap hit. So that's four players. You got Derwin James. you, You have talent. But you're paying this talent so much. You're paying them as if they have gotten you to 11 and 12 wins over the time since you've been paying them. You're paying them for their talent, but you're not Mm -hmm. getting the results. Well, you got a new coach coming in. He's got to strip some of that down. We haven't heard anything about Kellen Moore. I saw something about he's going to interview for another OC position. So maybe he's gotten word that he might not be, be retained. I doubt he would. I mean... You don't know. So with that being said, is that getting new pieces in while instilling his philosophy, and then you got to wonder, is Justin Herbert, was he Carson Wentz? Remember Carson Wentz had that great year when he was going to be MVP, and then he tried diving to the end zone towards ACL? He hadn't been the same since. It might have been a situation where you have the great rookie year, and that is your ceiling. And everything else is going to be less than that. You're going to lose Austin Eckler. You lose Austin Eckler. You're not going to be, you're going to be, you're never, you're, you you won't go into any season as the favorite to win your division. So the well, best case scenario you're looking at is the number five seed. You're not going to be. the thing is, though, is you know, that Kansas Harbaugh's City. a winner. You know, Harbaugh's a winner. You know, throughout his first tenure in the NFL, 44-19-1, you know, second best winning percentage with at least 50 games coached. You know, I think that he brings culture and attitude. Like, remember, we talked about that earlier where Bill Belichick would have bought Atlanta culture, the idea that we can win, so on and so forth. I think Harbaugh brings that in because when I look at Brandon Staley, you know, he was the defensive coordinator for the Rams. But the Rams is obviously Sean McVay's show. There's some and they traded away everything to stack their defense. And they traded traded everything away, and that's why we could we could have called that. Like that's why I hate, but that's why I hate when people do the whole the Rams won the Super Bowl with Matt Stafford, not Jared Goff, and I'm like, yeah, because they brought in Von Miller, Odell Beckham. You know, it wasn't just one for one. You know what I mean? So with the Chargers, I think they're going to have a slow year one. But I just trust Jim Harbaugh that he's going to instill the culture there. Now, as far as your Justin Herbert point, I don't know. Because we saw this guy throw 700 passes in a season and only have 25 touchdown passes. So is he elite in the first place? Or is he just a dude with a strong arm that throws a lot? I think he's a, like we were talking about in, the, in our 
first podcast we were on tonight. He's just a real good locker room guy. Just a real <laughs> gym, a real study guy. First in, last out. Just he says all the right things. He does all the right things, and they're gonna pay him accordingly. And they're gonna get Philip Rivers 2.0. He's gonna be fifth or sixth amongst his contemporaries. They're gonna put him out of the playoffs either through the in the regular season where he's not gonna make it, or he's gonna match up with his contemporaries and get beat out because he makes great throws. But I have I got a couple of you know video clips of Brock Purdy, you know doing things in the playoffs that are leading to winning. I have Trevor Lawrence coming back from 27 points down. You have tons of evidence of Mahomes. You have Stafford, these guys that, you know, can really galvanize the team. I don't have a lot of that with Justin Herbert. What I have is a guy who looks the part, acts the part, got paid the part. They paid him like he's Joe Burrow. But what you but what you do have is to some degree, within reason, you have a manageable division to get to the playoffs. You know, Andy Reid. Where? How, the, in the, AFC in West? Yeah. Like, I like you you so, are man. the biggest you are the biggest Sean Payton critic I ever met in my life. And they're going to lose Russell Wilson probably this offseason. The yeah, Raiders just brought in. They're running the, that back. The Raiders just brought in Antonio Pierce. And they got Jimmy Garoppolo and Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. You know, who knows? There's been rumors that Andy Reid may step down, you know, and if he even if he doesn't step down this year, was he got another two or three years? Something along those lines. So how many years do you have with Harbaugh? Harbaugh's a four year. He's a college student playing. He gets he's a freshman as a senior graduation. (laughs) So you're paying. That's the thing. It's it's different at Michigan. I'm not saying Harbaugh can't be a great coach. It's just that I don't know if his coaching is is great enough to overcome the fact that you got five dudes that are going to be taking major chunks of your cap hit and three of them are injury prone. And then two of the and then three the other three of them also get old. Keenan's old. Greg Williams pretty been in the league for a while. Khalil Mack's been around for a while. And Joey Bosa, he misses a lot of time. So you're putting a lot of a lot of emphasis on Harbaugh's success at other places. I think his success at other places because I don't think there was an expectation for him to be successful. We talked about that earlier on the other on uh, on the hot box. on the hot box. Is that I think sometimes you grade your season against the preseason expectations, not the result. I'm not sure what the expectation was when he took over with Alex Smith in San Francisco. I think they were they were doing pretty bad for years. And then Alex Smith was on he was on the verge of being a number one pick, being a bust. And he, you know, realized his career. Then he brought in Kaepernick. And then when it was like, okay, this might not work out, he went to Michigan. But I don't think that's why he went to Michigan, though. There was just but you a think lot of he would, Don't you think he would have been like, hey, I got a team that can get back to the Super Bowl year after year after year? You think well, he's going to Michigan? everything that I had read, there was a lot of turmoil between him and the ownership. And that's just the type of dude that he is. So going team, back to your that point. If get back to the Super Bowl, Los you Angeles, ignore the turmoil. If I can be a Super Bowl winning head coach, I'll ignore – I'm Jimmy Johnson with it because Jerry Jones didn't. Yeah, but you're not the boss. Play. You don't get to make that decision. I if you're know, not no, the but, boss. I'm, but it was like, 
I can ignore what's going on up here because I'm down here. I'm out here fielding a championship team. No matter what they say about me or how they feel about me, when they look out the window, they know that I'm the head coach of this championship quality team. Yes, I know the Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson situation kind of fizzled out, but Harbaugh always seemed like a guy that had options of one foot out the door all the time. And I'm I'm not sure if the Chargers are getting a guy that's full that's full in because once you get there and realize you can't stack your team, and you got to really well, I mean, like he was at Michigan. He wasn't at Ohio State or Georgia or Alabama did, or Clemson. What about their 163 million dollar football facility? Yeah, 163 million dollar football facility. They, 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 didn't, they didn't have all these players that you're, that you're talking about, though. Like, they had Blake Corum, but they didn't have, like, Trevor Lawrence or something. They had a $163 million facility. They yeah, guess who else got Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Yeah, but guess who doesn't have that? And guess who's got Utah. the talent out of all those schools I just said? Michigan. Kansas State doesn't have that kind of facility. They don't, well, like, everyone doesn't have Kansas that State. kind of thing. That's what I'm saying. So think about $163 million houses, how crazy that looked. They had that one football facility, not sports complex. Their football facility was $163 million. Big-time college so football. He, it was big-time college football. The Chargers are notorious for being cheap. Those owners are notorious for being cheap. They fire coaches yet, all the time because they're cheap. Yeah, they're spending this money to get him. But that's why they're always that's why they, they overpaid they because they're so notorious for being cheap. They overpaid for players that aren't gonna last. Like I said, I like I like Harbaugh. I think he's gonna be I think he's a good coach. I just don't think the success that everyone's gonna jump on because people are gonna have they're gonna have the Chargers next year 12 and 5. People are like, oh I think they can blow. Nah, I don't think so. Watch. You watch the hyperbole and like the the, the antics that people go with. Because it's Harbaugh. Harbaugh's personality is very similar to like I mean, the Bill still going to be in charge of that division for the most part. Like they're still, I'm, I'm sure they're going to go get some wide receivers to fix their problems, like a DeAndre Hopkins or somebody like that. And probably go get Keenan Allen for the, the charges <laughs> they have. You know, so Kansas City probably going to be good for 11 or 12 wins next year. You know, I think that the Chargers should feel. We'll see what actually happens, but they're they're still ahead of the Raiders right now. They you landed know, the biggest, they landed the biggest right fish. Now. They land, they definitely landed the biggest fish of all the coaching hires. I mean, we still have two that are remaining. I don't know if Belichick. Yeah, we'll get to that. No, he's not. He ain't gonna get. No, he's not. But <laughs> but while we're but while we're there, these Carolina Panthers hired Mister David Canales Canales and. I'm trying to figure out why. So I saw that he's, you know, he has experience as a quarterback coach, wide receiver coach. This was his first year as an offensive coordinator in Tampa. And I, about, well, yeah, but he had double digit years, like, what was it 12 years or so? Yeah, I think he, experience yeah, coaching quarterbacks and receivers. Like yeah, he did some college stuff before that. But he, so he was an offensive coordinator for one year, right? And I know the wave is higher, the hot offensive coordinator. But he's not the hot offensive coordinator. Yeah, not at all. And I guess I'll throw a whole lot of pause on all that, too. But, you, you know, but as I look at this, you know, they were 18th in points per game. They were 20th 
or I'm sorry, 27th in rush yards per game, last in yards per carry. Like, where is this offense that I'm supposed to be impressed by that they were 20th 20th in total yards? I'm going to throw you another number real quick. Week 18, Tampa Bay has to beat Carolina to win the division. They put up nine points. So you saw this guy against your terrible defense. Your terrible team that was falling apart, that the owners I hear throwing drinks at Jacksonville. Maybe fans draft the week before. It like Raheem Morris. And you're like, that guy that put up nine points on our mediocre defense is the guy <laughs> to be our head coach. Carolina doesn't want to win. Some I think some teams just don't want to win. Yeah, I believe Carolina like is uh, one of those. It teams. reminds me of that Jada kiss. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Tepper's doing. He don't know what he's doing. He's throwing drinks at the fans and all this. He got a whole lot of mess going on. Carolina is is just their DOA. You know, I don't think they should have got rid of Frank Wright in the first place. And if you were going to get rid of Frank Wright, you would at least do a little bit better on the hire. You know, from the standpoint of Frank Wright, regardless of how you feel about him, he had coaching experience. So you would think maybe. Hey, maybe we need somebody with a little more he experience. must be hard to work with. Gotta be something. Because I don't it, think Indy should have fired him when they did. It either he's either he's arrogant, he's an asshole, or he just doesn't listen. Like he doesn't take hey, wouldn't you be well. arrogant if you if you almost had Carson Wentz as an MVP? <laughs> it has to be, it has to be something tangible because we, we talked about the enemy as one of one of our early episodes when we first started the show. Shout out to all the fans that have been watching this whole time. But it's like it has to be something with him as an individual that yeah. says, you know what? In these moments where no one else understands it, because we didn't understand it when he got fired in Indy. We didn't understand like like when we heard it, it was like that don't make any sense. And we can see this, like, from the outside looking in, we looked at the Indy situation, got fired. And then with Carolina, you knew when you traded away all these picks and you traded away a couple of good players to get to the number one pick to draft a rookie, no matter what his size is. I know I bang on a lot of these guys' sizes, but just a rookie, just a guy learning the game, your expectations couldn't be. With C.J. Stroud, there was an anomaly. But C.J. Stroud wasn't on that trajectory when they fired Frank Wright, you know, so it, it just was a weird, it was like the whole process was just very, very weird. Um, so even hiring this guy that was in division that you saw then the last game, when it was like, when, and you're in your game plan only mustered up nine points against a handful of guys that were like, man, I'm done in Carolina. We talk about player turnovers, like 53 men on the active roster. Like 2018 to 25 of those guys aren't going to be with the team the next year. Like the guys on the 53-man roster on the week 18, most of them, those guys are moving on. So it was like – Carolina got the Bears, the number one draft pick, with like three or four games left to go. It was locked in. You know, it was already locked in. You know what I mean? But, hey, I just had a thought, though. If Andy Reid does step down, because, like I said, it's been rumors. You know, I don't know how sure. official they are. I saw it on, NBA, on NBCSports.com today, for example. But they got to hire the enemy, right? If no one else does, 
he would have to be candidate one. You can give Nagy two, <laughs> Spags three, if you want to keep it in-house. Right, 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 right. If you want to keep familiarity, if you want to keep the verbiage, if you want to keep you know, the passcodes and the office locations and the parking spots, those, those have to be one, two, three. But I don't know, maybe there's... Maybe the the beginning me back might not be what we think. Maybe his departure was a little bit more abrupt, and it was, it was, it was, it wasn't an amicable. Well, I, know I we hope saw you do well. You know, you're gonna find somebody new, kind of like you know. We saw the video of him in Mahomes against Indy, like you know, going into halftime, all upset at each other or whatever. And I, and I was just, everybody, yeah, everybody made a big deal about that. And if it was time, Brian, it would be celebrated. But, uh, but, but as we continue, you know, the Raiders decided to to hang on to Antonio Pierce, which surprised me. I'm happy to see it, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised because I'm, I'm surprised because I, I like I always feel like it's the interim coach is always tough for me because they say you you fire the head coach you bring in the interim coach, but that guy was on the staff, so the lack of success has to be on his shoulders as well. But in the same sense, I've also noticed where they brought in like the Colts brought in Jeff Saturday last year from outside of the staff. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work at all. Uh, I believe the player support of Antonio Pierce. I think the showmanship of the Las Vegas Raiders, because the Raiders are always like, they're probably the biggest showman team in the league. They're in Vegas. They need to sell at that stadium. I think the players responded to them. So... I saw the Kansas City Chiefs game where their quarterback didn't complete a pass in the second half. I saw them win games 17 to 16. It wasn't like Antonio Pierce came in with this. He just came in with a different attitude. The attitude is not going to be enough come August. So from now until August is going to have to be a real identity. And you have to figure, like, is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo? It'll be Aiden O'Connell, or we go get another third round quarterback, or we're gonna, you know, try to call Arizona and see if they're willing to move off Kyler Murray and we'll take on that money. Like, you're gonna have to do something drastic because you didn't do anything drastic with the coaching hire for a team that needs something. You need something offensively. Do you move Devontae Adams for a couple of first round picks and try to supplement your your team with that way? Because you don't really have that many assets on the team. Mm-hmm. But hiring Antonio Pierce is good. If if the players wanted it and the owner listened, I think you're on the right path. So That's you just start. Yeah, you, you had just, Max Crosby talking about asking for a trade if they didn't hire him, and they went five and four with them. Won their first game in, against Kansas City since 2020 at Arrowhead, no less. You know, so yeah, but, I mean, and, but in that same game, that the quarterback didn't complete a pass in the second half. Hey, the name of the they game is touchdowns. Hello, you play to win the game. They got two touchdowns in seven seconds of defensive or offensive blunders that turned hey, into touchdowns by Kansas the City. A win. And and obviously, like he had them playing hard, but at the same time, 
He did go five and four, but one of those four was a three nothing loss at home to Minnesota. But then he came back and dropped sixty three. Yeah, sixty three on the Chargers. They played Miami tough, so the players obviously heard whatever message he was given. But like you said, I agree with that. Is that the season is going to start? Preseason is going to get here. It's going to be time to hit people, and you're going to need to do a little bit more than talking. You know, so then you got Tennessee with the son of Bill, Brian Callahan, who wasn't even calling his own plays in Cincinnati. What we thinking? That's not even a topic because the interview candidate wasn't Eric Bieniemy. We haven't even brought that up because yeah. it happens more often than not where the offensive coordinator doesn't call the plays, gets hired. Because like I said, as a Falcons fan, I wish somebody else was calling the plays in Atlanta and Arthur Smith was just standing there, just wearing a hat, like with a microphone that wasn't connected and not making any decisions at all. But right. that's just me. Uh I don't I don't know how that's gonna work. Um, I know they're gonna strip down their offense because you can't keep Malik Willis, Tannehill, and Will Levis. Mm-hmm. Derek Henry's probably gone. Derrick Henry was given a farewell tour since November. Mm-hmm. DeAndre uh, Hopkins is going to ask out. De- ask out. I don't even know why he signed that deal. That was definitely one of those money over. Well, I think that was the only team that was giving him, offering him anything at that time. I think they were the only team that was offering him anything probably close to what he was asking for. Yeah. He probably would have been better off going to Kansas City for $8 million. Hey, he still might. Well, Right not now because they're looking at it like and I would give you six. <laughs> you know you don't want to be in Tennessee. Yeah. Um I like it. I like the like I said, it's the same thing that I said about the Falcons. If you're gonna start over, start over. Right. Give me a give me a fresh guy, give him an opportunity, give him a couple of years. It's gonna be it's gonna be growing pains for every single one of these coaches, the same way it is growing pains for rookie right tackles. Rookie punters, rookie kickers, you know, first-year owners. Ask David Tepper. He's been struggling ever since he bought the team um, in Carolina. It just It's going to take time. You rarely catch, you know, lightning in the bottle with these, with these hires. But I pair him with the young Will Levis. I, I move off of Malik Willis the easiest way that I can. Maybe, maybe if he's willing to stay as a backup, as a gadget quarterback, like how they do a lot of college quarterbacks where your running guy comes in for your wildcat type plays. If he's willing to do that and still be a backup quarterback, then I'll I'll keep him. Whatever you could do with the Tannehill deal, with Tannehill deal. I mean, yeah, he got to go. You you got it. You got to You got to tear it down. If you tear right. it down, uh, you know, running back with the young head coach and the young. Starting quarterback. You know, we entered that part of the show, too. I got the Kobe eye going. You know what I'm saying? We up in here. You know what I'm saying? That's how you know it's real. You know, but so there's two teams left that need need a head coach. My beloved Washington Commanders. I imagine they're looking at one of these four – one of these eight coordinators. I got a list right here. I got a list right here. It has to be. So you got – so this is the list of potential candidates. You got Ben Johnson. Offensive coordinator you know, from, from the Detroit Lions. Bobby Slowick, you know, from uh, the Texans, who was formerly on Washington staff. 
Uh, Mike McDonald, you know, the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator. Aaron Glenn, the Detroit Lions defensive coordinator. Anthony Weaver, who is the Ravens associate coach slash uh, defensive line coach. You know, so we'll see um, how big of a candidate he actually is. You know, uh, so out of that list, you know, I'm on board with Mike McDonald, defensive coordinator from the Ravens. Uh, when I look at is everything, is not going to get a shot because he got hired by the old regime? That's what I'm thinking. He, they say that he got an interview. You know, he did get an interview allegedly. So we'll see. But I, yeah, that's what I think it is. And you can't quantify the offensive, like you know, how I was talking about Canales earlier. About yeah. how you know Washington's offense didn't was as bad as their defense was. You know they were starting the first year quarterback Sam Howell who got sacked. Well, Sam more Howell than he had, had he got sacked because he held onto the ball up, but he yeah, put up a lot he, of yards. He led the league at passing yards for a couple of weeks. You know, so I mean with Ben with Ben Johnson, you know um, it sounds like. He's riding that wave of look at the Detroit Lions right now, and they're in the NFC Championship game. Jared Goff looks, but Washington doesn't have a Jared Goff or anything close to it. So uh, I just don't know enough about him as far as is he a leader. So do you name Drake out there, not Aubrey? Yeah, hey, no, we no, we're not doing that. Um, you know, then you Man. got Seattle. Then you got Seattle, who uh, last I saw they had requested to interview Mike Vrabel. Uh, but they have done interviews with Patrick Graham, who was the Raiders defensive coordinator. Hero uh, Avero, who was the Chargers. I'm sorry, the Chargers. The Panthers defensive coordinator. Frank Smith. Oh, how's, how's that guy get an interview? Yeah. Frank Smith, who is the offensive coordinator down in Miami. And, of course, last but not least, the fearless leader of the Legion of Boom, Dan Quinn. If I'm Dan, the Dan, okay, so to bring it back, I know I talk about my team a lot. You guys have noticed that as you follow the show. Dan Quinn going back to Seattle is the equivalent of Raheem Morris going back to Atlanta. It did not end well. Like the whole, like he left, he, he and he went to Atlanta and he tried to establish a Legion of Boom down in Atlanta. And then the Legion of Boom fell apart in Seattle, and and they had a good glue on it because they had Russell Wilson still. But bringing Dan Quinn back doesn't bring back what Pete Carroll did for your organization. It just brings Correct. back a guy that worked for Pete Carroll. So that's that's the, the the piece that baffles me. Seattle's one of those teams they need to get a coach that's established now because their prime players are not rookies they're not using their draft pick to their draft this next current draft to rebuild their team they have a team that's ready to go 10 and 7 i don't say win now because but they have a 10 and 7 team they have a 10 and 7 roster I mean, they were a game away from the playoffs this year yeah so they have like they have a 10 and 7 in the nfc is probably going to get you in i know there's always like some nuance to it you know, because you weren't expecting as many teams to be as bad as they were. So some teams, but 10 and 7 should get you in an NFC. It should get you in a 5, 6, or 7 seed. Yeah, I think that so if, if you I'm have a team Seattle. that's built to get you there, you got to get a guy like you got to get a Vrabel. 
Maybe not Belichick because he might want too much power, but like. Well, when I think about maybe. Seattle, I think about something that you said earlier. If you're going to tear it down, tear it down. You can't replace Pete Carroll with a Pete Carroll disciple, you know, or somebody that was on his coaching tree or under him before. Yeah, like, but Seattle is like, fortunately in a position where they don't need to tear it down. Right, right, right. But but what I mean, what I mean by that, what I mean by that is, it's time for a new era as far as maybe culture, maybe philosophy. You know, you don't need to go back to the same roots that you had. So I think you know, I wouldn't. The, I wouldn't hire a guy that I got that was really taught extensively by Pete Carroll. Right, right. I like. Mike it's not a knock on Pete Carroll, but it's like it's going to be one of those same things. Out of, out of the names like, that I just am read. I with my ex because this makes more sense now, or am I just here because it's easy? It's, it was an easy choice. Yeah. This person knows a way around the building. It's like no. Yeah, Pete, out of the out of the names that the I building. just read, for me, it would be Vrabel out of those names. You know, if I'm Washington, out of the names that I read, Mike McDonald's the answer. Like, you know, I get it. You the guy that used to be, you used to be assistant there. You know, uh, with with the uh, uh, Gruden, Sloik. Yeah, yeah, he's with the yeah the offense coordinator for the Texans. Um, so he was there with Jay Gruden, correct? Yes. With that, they had the whole Wonder Kid staff. The, the that McVay, yeah. McDaniel, uh, Lafleur. You know, yeah. McVay, everybody. You know what I mean? Uh, so I get it, right? But I would say no. You know, I would say no. You, you don't know? think the enemy should get a shot in Washington? I think he should. I just, I just, if if it were you, up to you're, me, you're, if, if it were up the, to me, you're I would give him a fair shot. A I don't think he's going to get a fair shot. Three people on the hiring committee, each person gets one vote. You are the third vote. So, it's one for other I would guys. Vote, I, would vote for the, I would vote for the enemy, but here's the problem. You know, we had the reports that came out during training camp about how he was so harsh and hurting all the players' feelings, and you know, like you got eight people, months ago. You got That's people. A long time ago. You got people like Jonathan Allen, who's supposed to be a team captain, and he's out here running his mouth, doing everything but leading by example. You know, well, so saying so, that saying that things suck. Sometimes you got to call the baby ugly. Yeah, but but, 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 I also, but I also need to see you as the team captain when you see people fucking off and slacking. They traded away his people next to him. <laughs> they had to. They traded the dudes that they had to. He they traded away Sweat. They traded away Chase, uh, Young. Chase Young. They had to. You got it. Like you need draft picks. You need capital to try to because this isn't a one player thing. This isn't insert Jared Golf and all of a sudden Washington's going to take off. This isn't bring Deion Sanders in. From Dallas or San Francisco or wherever. Yeah, think, about, think about you're in the trenches. I'm in the trenches. Okay. Think about this. Tuesday, we're going to record this show. You got to do this show with somebody else besides me. Because I'm supposed to be getting paid or getting treated a certain way. And leadership doesn't do it. And they just bring in another person. And I'm gone. I'm off. I'm off on somebody else's show that you can't participate in. And it's like, yo, we need that same energy that you had last week when you guys went live. You're like, this is not the same partner. This is not <laughs> the same group of people. This is not the same. This person doesn't understand my philosophy. So but, when he expressed his frustration, so long, it makes sense. Aren't you a part of that culture too? Yeah, but he had other people he thought was part of it. And it was like, they probably wanted to get rid of Rivera for a well, while. Well, that's why he's out of here. He's going to leave too. He's gone too. There, um, There's yeah. rumors that Green Bay is interested in him. So he's going to be gone too. 
And you know, Washington is so yeah, in that case, I'll take I take a full on, I take a rookie head coach, I take the rookie quarterback, and I will move any veteran that has a movable contract that's gonna get me any kind of viable pieces, <laughs> any kind of viable pieces. I'm a move because we talked about this before. NFL teams are they're basically carbon copies with a few exceptions and a few positions. The offensive linemen from teams one through 32 probably average within an inch in height and five to eight pounds in weight. Your cornerbacks are probably same thing, four, four, five guys or four, five, 40 yard times, five foot 10 to six foot one. Those are your defensive backs. Your linebackers are probably around 225 to 240. Like you're going to get the same basic team from the Northeast all the way down to Southern California. It's just some teams have a few guys in exceptional positions. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, what they have in Miami, that speed. They're not very big, but that speed and route running ability, that's what sets them apart. Josh Allen is 6'5", 235. That sets them apart. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, his ability to put the ball into tight squares anywhere on the field, any weather, cold, sunny, hot, up 10, down 10, up 17, down 24. Justin Herbert's ability to just throw the ball deep. Jamar Chase's ability to get open. Just like Those are your few exceptions, but for the most part, every team is going to be built on the same basic platform. You just got to match the philosophy with the coach and the most important pieces that you need. Like if you need toughness, then you need to have a guy like Ray Lewis as your middle linebacker. See, I would love, he can be, he can carry, he can be your bell cow for your toughness that will, you know, resonate throughout your team. So to answer your earlier question, I would like being a me paired with Jaden Daniels. You know, um, we saw, cause the same way, and I know like context, right. But the same right. way that Washington's offense didn't take off this year, Patrick Mahomes threw the most interceptions that he threw in his career this season. You know, obviously those the receivers aren't very good, but the same way that Washington's numbers didn't look good, Kansas City's regressed. So, so you think that's the like the the enemy? I think there's, a, I think there has to be something to it. Some I, I'm of... not saying, I'm not saying that. Without Eric Bieniemy, Patrick Mahomes is barely a Pro Bowler or anything like that. But yeah. but you know but but there but I think that there's something there because we saw the lack of weapons, the lack of weapons in Kansas City. I I don't know if they really I don't know if the Bieniemy could have I don't know if Bieniemy could have fixed the fact that uh, that game against Philly when MVS was wide open on that deep post route and it hit him in both hands i don't know the enemy was the one that pointed out in the super bowl hey run these plays you know he was the one you know what i mean yeah so he was there, like there's because and there's zero coverage and they were blitzing and press they were trying to press coverage and, and but go but zero also, blitz at also, the, also, there's a the continuity zone. and we saw andy reed with donovan McNabb and something called fredix and something called todd pinkston you yeah know, but he also had terrell things. owens and we, I had to argue facts, with Ray, John, group. Facts, facts. If he wins the championship this year, then cups need to just stand down. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's what it is right now. You know what I'm saying? But but, but, yeah, no, but, like, Yoda, but have it, but you you have to like you have to have certain talent in place. TO was TO on your team was those quarterbacks, Jeff Garcia had contract years, Tony Romo had contract years, Don McNabb had his best years. So Mahomes being to me. I understand the offensive coordinator does play a major role as a, a fan of a team who I went to a Jets Falcons game in December and I'm sitting there with the fans and I'm calling out the plays and like this Falcons fan and his and his girlfriend sit behind me. She was like, maybe you should call the plays. I'm like, I should, because he does the same thing every single week. Like, yeah, I knew it was coming. The, you know, this will make you laugh. Word on the street is is if Vrabel gets a job somewhere, he might be bringing in Arthur Smith as his offensive coordinator. I don't know what he saw in Arthur Smith that would make him hitch his wagon to that. I'm not knocking Arthur Smith. I just think it wasn't creative enough. I think it, it just was like, I'm a, I'm a novice. I'm just a fan of the team. And I'm sitting in row two on the Falcon side, watching the formation, thinking like, oh, here we go. Here's a stretch play to the left. Or watching uh, watching Desmond Ritter not throw the post route. Granted, he threw it late and got a pass interference call. A little scuffle in the end zone. It's pretty dope. And I watched. Yeah, we're about to get to that residence. We're about to get to that. This <laughs> man loses mind, uh, yelling at the refs. But that's still, that's still a very tough position to be in. Be enemy, like I said, I know be enemy gets a bat like a bits of bad rap because the rumor he had like about fifteen different coaching interviews over the past few years. But the same, like I said, Frank Wright must be difficult to deal with. Maybe BNB is in the same boat. But if I'm Kansas City and Andy Reid steps down, he still won for me because at a minimum, he was willing to yell at Patrick Mahomes walking off the field in Indianapolis. Sometimes you need you need somebody that's going to yell at you. You need, you need a coach that's going to chew you out and not just let you just run with the status quo you need a coach that's be like no 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 no. you missed that he ran the right route Mm -hmm. you hit the check down too early you didn't come back to the check down until it was too late you got sacked it's not on this guard he didn't miss the block you should already got rid of that ball you wanted to do this and i think mahomes having a level of success that he had that he's already had i think that's the kind of coach you need because you don't want a coach that comes in who just praises him and never give gives them any criticism because what's going to happen there is that, well, you're just going to just keep giving, just keep them, giving them chances, chance after chance after chance. You need a guy that's going to challenge you. Steel, sharp and steel, iron, sharp and iron. So I think uh, BNB would be, I think he'd be the steel in that, in that situation. I agree. Um, so says it all. Is it time? I've picked against Kansas City two times the last two weeks. I picked against them. And even six or seven weeks ago, I said they would lose their first playoff game. And I was thinking, like, do I keep this trend up (laughs) and just for the sake of the trend? Or do I do some coaching analysis and really think about what does Baltimore bring, the weather, the playmaking ability of Baltimore, Kansas City. And the way that Baltimore has played against playoff teams over the last month 
is just it's tough to to pick against them. Hell, this whole season. Hold on. Matter of fact, I gotta stop Kim. I gotta grab my phone as on the charge in the other room. I'll be right back. Yeah, this whole season. So, you know, as we sit here and we think about this, Baltimore is just on a different level right now. Problem is, Kansas City has that man. You know, I know Don Mikowski is the magic man, but we might have a new magic man. Patrick Mahomes is pulling stuff out of his butt to win these games. You know, against Buffalo last week, they only punted once. Patrick Mahomes threw the darts to MVS, who actually caught it. You know, Rasheed Rice had the big game against Miami, 130 yards. So why do I keep picking against Kansas City? Well, I picked them to lose to Miami because I thought Miami was going to be able to run the ball on them. I picked them to lose to Buffalo because I thought it was Buffalo's time. I'm picking them to lose to Baltimore because I just don't see where the points are going to come from. Now, the part that people miss is that we've been talking about the Cleveland Browns defense all year as being right next to Baltimore's, but we saw the Browns defense on the road. A little known fact, Kansas City is the second best defense in the NFL. So you got number one against number two. No quarterback has passed for 300 yards against Kansas City this year, and it ain't going to be Lamar Jackson. So I think that this game is going to be a low-scoring slugfest, you know, something along the lines of 24 to 20, but it's going to be one of those games where a few scores happen early and then the game just kind of stalls out. So Lamar Jackson, two and three in the playoffs now after the win last week. You know, one and three against Kansas City overall. Against Kansas City, 56.6 completion percentage. Four touchdowns and two picks, respectable. But obviously that makes Mahomes three and one against the Ravens, complete 70% of his passes. But the problem is, is that this game is in Baltimore. It's in the rain. Check the weather. Baltimore averages 160.6 rushing yards a game on the season and ran for 229 against Houston last week. They're just on a heater right now. You know, I wanted to pick Kansas City. As I looked at I looked at all these numbers, I tried to find a way. I just couldn't find it. So sounds like Marlon Humphrey is going to be back. Mark Andrew is a full practice participant. So you got to deal with him and likely. And we saw with Dalton Kincaid did to Kansas City last week. Baltimore will be able to run against Kansas City, but Kansas City has the defensive backs in McDuffie and Snead that should be able to keep the Ravens receivers at bay to where Kansas City can experiment with putting eight in the box. Now, the problem with that is, obviously, you have to be aware of Lamar's legs. So how loose can Lamar get? Because we saw the Texans get the Ravens into a few third and longs, third and eights, third and tens, and then Lamar would just take off, you know? So these two teams haven't played since 2021. So new players, new teams, new staffs. So, you know, we're going to see, you know, could this be Andy Reid's last I mean, game? Baltimore, like I said, the if you go back to the Miami game, San Francisco game, the playoff game, this obscure stat that I never really thought like mattered much until 
like as you watch Baltimore, them having the lead at the two minute warning in 16 and 17 games. Cause like week 18, their 17th game, they, they already locked into the number one seed, but they had the lead at the two minute warning in every one of those games. It's an odd stat, but that just shows like no one dominated them. And I think that Kansas city, I don't want to use the word exposed. I think people are kind of overusing that word. I'm not, I can't recall many games this season where Kansas City was exceptional at two out of three phases for a majority of the game. Right. Their field goal kicking is always on, but it felt like a lot of their field goals were because they couldn't convert in third and five. So like the offense wasn't moving the ball. They'd get the big play. They get the punt. They get the turnover. And Buckner can, you know, he's he's kicking it comfortably from 55. Mm-hmm. So that's essentially you get to the carry the two, the 38-yard line. That's a 55-yard field goal. So you get a turnover at midfield. You get 12 to 14 yards or you get 20 to 30 yards from the 45. Well, you know, just like that. You get that intermediate kind of drive, six plays. You get a couple of first downs, but you stall out because on third and eight, they just double Kelsey, and now you're kicking a 55, 56, 57-yard field goal, and he's knocking it down. So it looks like it's giving special teams bumps, mm-hmm. but it's not really giving the offensive bumps. And the, then the defense plays great. So then you have a game like Philly where it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and you need the offense to make a play for Kansas City, and NVS has to go through his hands. Because you and I were watching that game – and you were a few seconds ahead of me because I was, I think I was watching on my TV or I was watching on the stream. So mm-hmm, you were like, mm-hmm. ooh, and you didn't say anything. I was like, what happened? You like, <laughs> yeah, I think I had this face on. Yeah. And I was like, so then I saw the throw and then I saw the drop and I was like, oh, that's what you meant. I don't see, I don't have those moments with Baltimore. Right. I think Baltimore just on third and six, if they want to run it, they can get I, – I believe they're going to get six yards. On the drive, they're down 7-3. I believe they're going to get the touchdown. A, a, a lot like what I talked about Josh Allen. Josh Allen's going to be down 14-3, but I feel like when he gets the ball back, he's going to do everything he can that drive that he got the ball back to get points. He's going to run through people. He's going to run in the linebackers. Mahomes doesn't play that way. Mahomes does everything like a tactician. And I'm not sure that 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 office of marriage ever really occurred all year long. It's looked good in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still had guys like McCall Hartman, you know, reaching out for the goal line and fumbling the ball out of the back of the end zone. So. Like Mahomes's effort is if they can figure out how to get some players in there for, for you know the future years, but if he, like I said, Rajon said, if they if he wins this year, I don't know if we're gonna be back on the hot box because he's not gonna hear what you gotta say because we're gonna be able to hit him with the facts over feelings, right? And he's like, a, you know, Cup not gonna want to hear it, but I understand it. Uh, I I, I want to pick Kansas City just because I like. I really like the idea of Mahomes getting back to his fourth Super Bowl 
and just being able to say, I'm 42 and I watch these dynasties just chunk after chunk after chunk for my entire life. If you think about the Redskins or Redskins when they were the Redskins, um, you think about the Cowboys when they were on in the early 90s. Yep, you can throw in the Buffalo Bills in there. Yeah. Uh, you want to throw in the entertainment value of Peyton Manning and the St. Louis Rams with that greatest show on turf because Peyton Manning was out there playing on turf too. He was doing the same thing. But then you add Tom Brady and the Patriots winning Super Bowls. Then you had the excitement of Michael Vick in Atlanta. It's just like so many just little facets of football. I think this Mahomes Super Bowl AFC Championship run is Andy Reid run. I think it's I, I, I think straight. it's quite remarkable. Six straight, and this is the first one on the road. So that's impressive when it's within Six itself. Six years he's been doing yeah. that. He's got three um, playoff losses, and two of them were in overtime. Yeah, but I don't know a human alive that can look at me and say why they don't like Lamar Jackson. <laughs> you you can't you can't say I don't like his hair. You sound like a crazy person. I don't like his tattoos. Everybody's got tattoos. Lamar Jackson, he's just he's just he's just one of those guys. You know, like in high school, like there was a student that all the teachers loved. Mm-hmm. He's that guy. <laughs> and then you want to hate him because all the teachers like him. And then you meet him. And the first thing you do, he helps you pick your bag up when your book bag fell open or something. Yeah, I think, I think you're a starting quarterback. Why are you why are you here? Like, oh, I just I just like helping people. I think the story of this game is the defenses, though. You know, Baltimore this season. They're like one and two, though. Yeah. Baltimore, Baltimore, the defense is one and two. Baltimore's only given up up 24, more than 24 points twice this season. And that was the overtime game against the Rams in the game that they blew the lead against Cleveland. If Kansas Kansas City City scored over 21 points, they're undefeated. It's Kansas, the same thing. Yeah, there you go. I was just about to say that. And it's the same, it's, it's, and that's the thing. It's just not as sexy because we know Baltimore for being a tough defense because we know Ed Reed. We know Terrell Suggs. Right. Aloni Nada, Saragusa, Ray Lewis. We know these names. We don't think about that. We think about Derek Thomas, and that's the extent of the defensive prowess that we think about with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? I do remember Christian Okoye, though. Uh, Yo, when he, when Steve, but do you remember when Steve Atwater hit him? Yeah. Yeah, right, the yeah, night, was the Nigeria nightmare. Yeah, but, but you know, but but Kansas City has only given up twenty four points once this year. Pop quiz: Who was the team that scored more than twenty four against Kansas City this year? I've seen this a lot because I watched a lot of first teams first. I should know this. Was it Buffalo? No. That wasn't the, that wasn't the, the uh, I'm not lined up on size properly. No eyebrows, Kadarius Tony game. No, no. Yo, man, got no eyebrows. I didn't have platinum teeth and no eyebrows. That still make don't make any sense. The answer is that Sunday night game up at Lambeau Field. Oh, when Jordan Love was out there saying, "I'm yeah. I'm, I'm here." Yeah, twenty-seven to nineteen. That was the rival game. Yeah, that, that was, was the only game. game Kansas City gave up more than twenty-four this season. So, like I said, I think this is going to be. A more defensive game than expected when we look at the quarterbacks. And this is going to be the game that shows once and for all, for all those out there that don't believe it, it's a team sport. Nah, 
It's all about it's all about the quarterback. So we transition over to Santa yeah, Clara. Did you really name this this the C black kneecaps attack? I did. I just yo, did it. I just did Mike. it like five yo, minutes ago too. I just yo, changed. Shout it. out to Mike. Mike does all the behind the scenes stuff. Like you know, shout out to everybody who's watching us live and who's gonna watch the records, everything else. Mike does the behind the scenes stuff. Like Mike is the talent on the show. He's a producer. He's the he's like the brainchild for a lot of the things we do. We go back and forth on it, but like the no, I literally that just me and Mike that. have when, when when Residente made the comment about if Mahomes wins this year, I I made that up the time ago. I made that up, and then I just yo. did this one right after. But yo, I don't. Residente should agree with this. San Francisco should never ever play in a stadium that's not called Candlestick Park. That's just the way it works. You know, first of all, uh, Levi Stadium, water is called now, and Santa Clara is a very nice stadium. I'm sure I it is. There, uh, bring back was, Candlestick. I went back when it was a Utah versus Washington Pac 12 championship back in like 2018. Rest in peace uh, to the Pac 12. Yo, it was dudes literally just uh smoking reefer right outside the bathroom. I'm like, you're not even gonna go in the bathroom, they were in a hallway between it. I was like, yo, can I get an IPA? I don't need any of this and other stuff you got yes, going on here. This man just said reefer in 2024. Reefer, straight up. I'm an old head. Don't let me see the grace. But yeah, so... Uh, Are you picking the Lions or what? I'm picking the Lions. Whoa! I'm picking, I'm picking the Lions, and I'm Whoa. picking the Lions not because I think that San Francisco is inept in any way. I just believe that... I saw the... I posted in the group, and Rajon was like, yeah, uh, San Francisco is a seven-point favorite. Uh-huh. I like Detroit because I think every single one of these championship games, when it's close, you need like a hero moment. I feel that Dan Campbell comes along. can generate that hero moment out of his team more than Shanahan. We all know my position, how I feel about Shanahan sometimes. I think back to the Super Bowl, Patriots, Falcons, he could be a little too cute, a little too into his philosophy, and he just kind of lucked out because there was there was blocks of time in San Francisco where he didn't have the key players to execute the plays that he wanted. It's like not having the energy to lift that 75 pound dumbbell. But then one day you get some good sleep, you get to the gym, you could do it. He, I won't say lucked up, but he had, like he was able to get Debo. He was able to get Jimmy Garoppolo to make these, make these throws. But then when he had guys like CJ Beathard and Mullins and his guys, it just didn't work out. And we go back to the Super Bowl week. I felt they should have ran the ball, kicked the field goal, gone up 11, given the ball back to the Patriots with a minute and 52 seconds left or whatever the math would have worked out to be. And because of that, there was a lot of non-existent fourth quarter comebacks. We And they talked about it last week, being down five, he was like 0-30, being down five, entering the fourth quarter. That's very, that's very similar to Aaron Rodgers career record where it was like he had a very poor record being down four 
Like being down where you needed a touchdown in the fourth quarter it was very, very because you didn't really galvanize his team. They and were front runners. Better down a field goal if we remember that playoff game against San Francisco a few years ago. He had a, had the ball a couple times. Uh, you talk about the San the Seattle game, and we talk about the we we're talking about it earlier. Shout out to Dallas Mike when they beat Dallas in the. AT&T, then they had to come to Atlanta, and Matt Ryan and Julio, Matt Ryan, the greatest of Matt, second to Matthew McConaughey. Not top five, uh, Matt. Second top, second Matt of all time next to Matthew McConaughey, but Matthew McConaughey says, says his mother won't allow people to call him Matt because she named him Matthew from the Bible, but for the sake of this podcast, we'll let it slide. So Matt Ryan torched the Green Bay defense that year. So I think Dan Campbell has tapped into the team. I think the team believes in him. I think Jared Goff is a very good quarterback. The trading him was ballsy, but it would have it would have looked foolish if Tart holds on to the interception against the the forty against the Rams two years ago. It landed. It was basically a fair catch. He catches that interception. The golf Stafford trade is not looked at the same way. Even in the Super Bowl, when they got the the holding call on the middle linebacker on the Cooper Cup little route in the middle of the field, where he didn't touch Cooper Cup, it's fourth and goal from the nine for Stafford. But you know, history. You know, as we as we look at it, they won the Super Bowl. So I think Jared Goff, I think the connection between Goff, the players, the coach, the biting kneecaps was weird, but I think it resonates in that locker room. I think they believe in that philosophy. Guys like CJ Gardner Johnson. We talked about the we talked about on a previous podcast on the uh, on the hot box. Like you can't be saying that stuff because the video that he sent out was probably going to get but that kind of tenacity and that veracity and, and just that 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 swagger that the Lions bring, I think it weighs more than what – I think San Francisco's talent is there, but I'm, I'm going to take the toughness of Detroit over the 49ers. So Jared Goff hasn't thrown an interception in his last four games against the 49ers. The Lions haven't turned the ball over in this postseason yet. We saw Brock Purdy play one of the worst halves of his career last week. And he came through when it mattered without Debo Samuel. Everybody didn't think he could do it. He made, he made some out there. great he throws. Some great he made throws. some very non-Mr. Irrelevant throws. I think, he like did. we talked about it before, I, I think the conversation around Brock Purdy is is, is futile and it just – everybody makes a big deal about san francisco's weapons because you know they have christian mccaffrey debo brandon Ayuk, george kittle iowa tight end baby you know uh and so on they are everywhere atlanta won't get one they are and they'll be sitting there needing one they'll be like you know what let's go get this tackle from fresno state but apparently but apparently another little known fact the lions got weapons too you know, they got Jameer Gibbs, who averages 11.4 yards a touch in these here playoffs. So get him eight touches. Amon St. 
Rob Brown, you know, who should have been a pro bowler. You know, you got David Montgomery, who was a top 10 rusher in the league this year. So Detroit has weapons too. But then I heard a stat today Let's hear it. That, that just boggled my mind. All credits out to the one and only Mina Kimes for dropping this nugget on us. Shout out to Mina. San Francisco is the worst defense in the NFL in short yardage situations. So third and one, fourth and one, things along those lines. Things that is sound it because like they, they know they can get you back to third and eight, even if you get the first down. Maybe, but you know, at, you know, it sounds like it's right up Dan Campbell's alley, if you know what I mean. You know, but as I look at this, San Francisco's run defense was third during the regular season, 92.3 yards per game. In their last three games, they give up about 10 yards more per game than that. They gave up 136 last week to the Packers. So what are we going to see from San Francisco's run defense? That's question number one. Question number two, is Debo Samuel going to play? I say he will, you know, just because yeah. of the stakes of the game. You know, Hennessy and Vikingen, baby. Hennessy yeah. and Vikingen. Then the other stat that I heard that brought a little concern for Detroit for me is that outside of C.D. Lamb, you know, Sidarius DeLeon, you know, outside of him, Brandon Ayuk has been the most open wide receiver in the NFL this year. Now, I don't know who gets paid to keep track of that. You some, know of saying, stats, but, some of these stats, some of these stats is keeping his MIT graduates employed. Detroit sometimes forgets that they have Jameer Gibbs, in my opinion, but who they don't forget they have is Aiden Hutchison. You know, there's going to be a whole lot of Aiden Hutchison and Brock Purdy's face. Ken Brock. Wait, Purdy, hold on. You said you said Detroit doesn't forget that they have Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay. David Cornelis, the new head coach of the uh, Carolina Panthers, he definitely did. He forgot about Aiden. This <laughs> dude was coming off the edge unblocked. I'm like, I, I'm not a tactician <laughs> when it comes to like sports. I just watch it and I, I talk slick on about it twice a week on my podcast with my friend. But I'm thinking every the every offensive snap, I'm accounting for the best defensive lineman on the other team. Like, I don't think there would ever be a play if I'm watching Cleveland, if I'm the coach, if I'm Baltimore and I'm playing against Cleveland, where I'm going to let Miles Garrett just come free off the edge. And wreak havoc, yeah. They did it so many times with Detroit. But maybe maybe it was a scheme. Maybe it was something that Detroit was doing. Well, something Detroit better not do this weekend is blitz those corners like they were against Tampa. I mean, because I think Shanahan will make you pay for that. You would think I—I I don't know. I just, like I, said, I just don't have that much faith in Shanahan. Well, not not because not because the results didn't really pan out. I just think that a lot of times with San Francisco is that you, they have. We, we talked about it like Elijah Mitchell not getting the ball. Not getting the ball against Green Bay. Um, San Francisco is a very tough defense, but you know that going in. Right. 
I, I talked about this with someone before, and I hope this makes sense. You know, we have gun owners who listen. But I was telling someone, I was like, if you want to rob a gun store, and he was like, well, everybody in there is armed up. I'm like, yeah, but I know that on the outside. So when I run in, I'm going to be prepared for these three employees to be armed up. So my approach is going to be a little bit more aggressive. So with San Francisco, we know their linebacker play is aggressive. We know they jump run routes because they fall for play action. Detroit is great at play action passing because they do a lot of they they do a lot of stretch. They have the tight end with Laporta, so they do a lot of stretch play action to the left. Roll Jerry Goff back out to the right. Greenlaw and Warner, those guys are such heat seeking missiles that. They're gonna they can overplay it every once in a while. Jerry Goff's a bigger quarterback. I think he's probably walking around like six, four and a half, a little bigger than Brock Purdy. I'm not sure if the San Francisco defense can allow Jared Goff to make some because he's an accurate thrower. They I know they talk about his small hands, but your hands are irrelevant if I don't have the ball in it. If I, if I roll off this play action and Laporte is wide open, I'm throwing it. The the whole eligible wide receiver versus non-eligible with the offensive lineman coming in, I think that can be tricky. I just feel like Dan Campbell, even with his his toughness and his bravado, he still works in his decision-making is like within the confines of the analytics of football. It's like, oh, he's so aggressive. He's going for it at the 45-yard line at fourth and two. Well, analytics say, yeah, go for it because you're going to punt it and they're going to get the ball to 20. So you only give it up 25 yards. You, you stop them. If they go three and out, you get the ball right back. But it looks like toughness. It feels like toughness. Granted, it's going to be on the road. I'm not sure how many Detroit fans are going to empty their bank accounts to come to that game. Detroit's secondary really scares me in this game. You know, they so were Brock, peaking a lot in the backfield against Tampa Bay. Mike Evans well, run right past them. Right. And and you know, you know, they remind me a lot of that Saints defense that won the Super Bowl. Like they against never stopped. Indy? Yeah, they never stopped anybody. They he just, just made, jumped that route. They just made timely Porter plays. Porter jumped the route. Yeah, yeah, they just made timely plays. You ready Maybe for that? Reggie ready for Wayne ran a slant instead of a fucking Square in, but ready for my next bat. Let's hear it. Debo Samuel. Like I said, is he gonna play? Is he not gonna play? If he does play, how effective is he gonna be? When he's played 10 snaps or fewer, San Francisco is one in three, and they only average 18 points a game. So season or this season or in general. Okay. So, so, So so how effective will he be if he does play you know so i don't need debo to be a superstar to win this game i just need enough that you'll think about debo now going to your point about shanahan he tried to throw a couple of those debo plays to Jawan jennings and got him smacked up so if you don't got debo just don't run those plays (laughs) you know let's go with that listen i but you gotta. I don't. I can't imagine a scenario where there's a shoulder injury. Uh huh. If he can raise his arm even with pain, 
I think he still plays. Oh, I, yeah, he's got to. He's I, can't, got to. I can't imagine a scenario where you've worked this many years in this offense with this coach. He's got to. And you're on, you're on the on the cusp of making a Super Bowl. And like I said, if he gets if it hurts, he has 13 days to heal and then the, Bowl, right. the 14th day you got to be ready to hopefully, play. Hopefully, hopefully this game isn't the which one of us is going to get bitch slapped by Baltimore again? Bowl. You know what I mean? So with that being said, all that analysis, all that talk. I'm going to take the 49ers to win, take the Lions to cover. I'm taking the Lions to win. And just, I, I'm logical, so I I. I can't. I got to subtract the motion from this. I got to take Baltimore to win. <laughs> like I mean, I just, like, I just, I just can't. Logically, it just doesn't make any sense. Logically, I can make a logical explanation like, for Detroit. I can't make. I can't make a logical explanation for Kansas City to win because I would need in in in, in this scenario, I would need for Baltimore to make two. Mistakes either two mistakes on offense, and mistakes one of in. them, and one of them leads to directly to points. A well, fumble, well, scoop, and score. Well, like I said earlier, right? Or pick six has thrown the most interceptions that he's thrown in his career. But it's so, like 13. 14, but you can't be stop trying to cheat for Patrick Mahomes. He but didn't they, throw 20. But you so what? It is what it all I said was a fact. You know, don't bring feelings to a fact fight. Anyway, I my own bars against me. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I made a hot line. You made it a hot song. But keep it's, going. It's crazy because we're on the other side of this because, like, you pick, you originally picked Kansas City, and you're like, I can't find a logical reason. I want to pick Baltimore, and I'm like, I picked Baltimore, but I want to pick Kansas City because I trust their quarterback more. Like he's been here before. And you know what? But when I look, I just at think it, Kansas City needs. I think Kansas City needs Baltimore to do something wrong, either early. But they I think, can. But that's the thing. We like, have okay. So, so think about it like this. Think about it like this. Okay. So the, the okay, Texas okay, Rams back for a touchdown last week, right? Think about this. Over oh, we're going on. Let's think about this. Okay, we'll use that. We use two examples. The last couple of big games. Why we, we got to use two? I was trying to say something too. Okay, yo, I got. I'll use yours. <laughs> I'm gonna use mine real quick. You use yours. The Baltimore safety against San Francisco. Kyle Hamilton. No, 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 no. When when oh when, when they got Mark the safety, Jackson, they got the safety. ran into the okay. when he bumped into yeah, yeah. the uh, the referee because he fell. Yeah, yeah. He got the safety. Yeah. Now, 32 teams in the league. That kind of play against San Francisco. Does does Tampa Bay recover from that? No. Atlanta. No. Carolina. No. Miami. Maybe. Maybe. So, like, all these other teams: Seattle, the Rams, no. Arizona, no. Minnesota. No. No. So, like. Uh, give me, I'll give you, I'll throw one more in there. The Saints, do they recover from no. Derek Carr yells at his office alignment that much? And he has that kind of just 
you fell over the referee and lost us two points and they got the ball back. We don't even talk about that safety because they won by three possessions. That's why I like I can't pick. That's why I can't pick against Baltimore because something like that happened. And you talked about the punt return. Well, I, I didn't finish it. I was about to talk about the punt return. I just, I I just, I just was, we're the, here. We're here. We got the, the Texans ran that punt return back. They went into halftime tied at 10. And at the time, it was like, okay, the Texans are in this thing. But I still don't think people thought that the Texans had a chance or that they were going to win. But if they go into halftime tied at 10 with Kansas City, there's going to be a whole lot of tight buttholes in my city letting stuff leak out. I don't think so, man. I don't think so because you're giving we, Mahomes too many chances. Like that's one we, thing when you're playing we'll against those, the rookie. Well, look at those two opportunities. The the safety would have crippled most teams. Giving up a punt return touchdown would have like motivated some other teams. In both of those games, Baltimore won by a combined like 42 points. But neither one of those teams they were playing against had Patrick Mahomes, had yeah, Andy Reid. But if you think about, okay, if you were Kansas City right now, whose offensive you take Mahomes? Will you take Mahomes in a Kansas City current offensive group, or would you take Mahomes and the 49ers offensive groups? So even with the safety against. 49ers, if you had Mahomes with that offensive group, you would still feel like, okay, we got – But San Francisco ain't got Andy Reid. But San Francisco also doesn't, also doesn't have Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes doesn't have San Francisco's weapons either. So I'm not going to think – if I – I think the weapons of San Francisco – it's are, in, are better are better the weapons to, in the season to that help San you overcome made it without like those weapons. Yeah, but I think the San Francisco weapon, I think their weapons are I think they're better utilized by Cal Shanahan than I think Mahomes makes the Kansas City teams look like they have weapons. And I think Cal Shanahan is coaching San Francisco 49er weapons. That's the difference. So that I is think the difference. If Baltimore can go in there and still shut down Kittle, shut down Debo, shut down Ayuk, and dominate, get four interceptions. You also got to figure Baltimore's and that they haven't had in a long time. You know, pressure, like, as far as like from from the outside, as far as like yeah, y'all better win this game. Expectations and everything. Yeah, this else. is Patrick Mahomes on a on a not as good team. You're the best team in the league. You haven't made it to the Super Bowl yet with Lamar Jackson. He's going to win the MVP. True. True. You better win this game. If it was a seasonal expectation that they had to carry that burden for four to five months, I'd rock with you. But they only have to carry it for like two and a half hours, two hours and 45 minutes. And hey, I think they're going to be in an advantage for is there most a dude, of it because Or is there not a dude that was walking around with mom's spaghetti on his shirt? Just saying, like you know, what I mean? it's just one game, but this is I the mean, game. This is the game. I just don't know. I like I said, three phases of the game: special teams, offense, defense. I just think that Kansas City, 
the Baltimore offense, defense, special teams, I think they marry up better week to week. They do. They do. Than Kansas City. So they would essentially have to, like, one of those pieces, a third of it would have to just falter. This is the thing. This is the thing. What's your name? What's your name? Mr. Logical. Sports is anything but logical. Absolutely. Nah, not really. Most logical situations worked out. Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson seems like a crazy thing. But Mike Tyson knocked Buster Douglas out early on. He just didn't take his ass to his corner so the ref could start to count. <laughs> if you would have walked to the corner, it would it was 13 seconds. Logically, he wasn't thinking. He just was so hyped up off the fact that this dude is even pushing him as far because Mike didn't train for that. But he was Buster Douglas was down on the ground on the canvas for 13 seconds. If he walks to his corner, they hey, that win. ref gave Tyson Fury that fast count. Or that, or that slow count. The slow count, but even when yeah. he was knocked out and came back, even in 12 seconds, that's still impressive. <laughs> but I I just feel like I don't want to just give Kansas City credit based off of the fact that they are Kansas City without logically looking at the fact that no. they don't go deeper credit than three wide receivers. They lose the last two weeks and they didn't. True. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'll admit that I was wrong because logically I was wrong. I mean, my choices, but you can't keep running Watson, Gray, and Kelsey out there with Rasheed Rice, MVS, Pacheco, and McKinnon. They don't play Sky Moore. I don't think Kadarius Tony stepped the field. Uh, McCole Hartman got the ball, foamed out the back of the end zone. So the problems that they had in September and October with their supporting cast of their skill position group they still had four days ago. Right, and they're still here. Yes, but they didn't give the ball so back to Nicole Hartman. So, so how many Mahomes are going to be in the – Okay. As weird as, weird hey, as it real sounds, real quick, check it out. playing yeah. with house money right now. I don't think they are. They are. Who's expecting okay. them to win? Okay, so you had Kelsey throw the ball to Kadarius Tony against the Buffalo game. Kadarius Tony's lined up both sides. How many times have you seen the ball in Kadarius Tony's hands since that game? I can't even tell you because it was probably it was like less than five. Yeah. So then you go into your playoff game, and I'm feeding the ball to Kelsey, and he's dropping it. He had three drops, five catches, eight targets, three drops in his first eight. Yeah, negative 27, but yeah, okay. Yeah, but he caught the other five. You know, so it wasn't like that. he didn't catch anything. And how many passes pass T.O. dropped in his career? Probably not that many. I don't think he ever played a game when it was like negative Jesus either. I don't know, but he dropped a lot of passes. <laughs> but uh, ironically, one of those got cut because he got behind in the preseason. But he, you know, Kelsey dropped the passes. He made up for it, but that's because it's Kelsey. But if Gray drops those passes, he's not in the lineup the next week. So I think Kansas City has like limited their skill position playmakers. So to the point where it's like Baltimore just can lock in on Kelsey, lock in on Gray and Watson. It's I know Watson's probably a he's probably a way better I mean, runner. Pacheco only averaged six yards of carry last week, you know. Yeah, and but that's cool. I'll give you Pacheco six. No, yards I get of that. Carry, but what I'm but what but I'm, I'm saying not, though is I'm not giving you I'm not giving you I'm not giving you Noah Gray. I'm not giving you. Watson, I'm not who, giving you Kelsey of Kansas, on 37. Who outside of the states of Kansas, Missouri, maybe Nebraska, 
thought that the Chiefs would be in the AFC Championship game right now? I think people, I didn't because I stuck, okay, the Miami choice was because I felt as if they were going to lose their first playoff game because of a lack of weapons. The weather affected Tua to the point it I don't know how he physically felt. I remember February no 2000, February 2001. I'm stationed at Shepherd. I'm a textual Around student. the same time Dre dropped 2001. <laughs> so <laughs> um, we're there, we're in Shepherd. We're doing a blues. We're doing a commander's inspection. We do a blues inspection in our blues uniform outside. And then we inspected our rooms. Well, everybody at the base of training threw away their trench coats. I don't know why. Everyone seemed to do it. So you had to be uniform if you're going to be in a flight. So we were out there in the cold, 7 a.m., freezing cold. It sucked. It adversely affected me because it was very cold. But it was a couple of guys from Puerto Rico that needed blankets and hugs when we got back in the building. It was like people wrapping them in blankets, laying on top of them because the way the cold impacted them was different than me. Tua looked like that cold was impacting him. I saw one play. I think it was like third down. I don't know if he threw a bad pass or an incomplete pass. But, you know, normally on third down, the quarterback cries for a holding call illegal contact something that says i'm upset that we didn't get this man Tua walks his ass straight to the sideline <clears throat> got the coat sat on the bench he wanted no parts of it tua and mcdaniel had a look on their face the whole game that said how could you have the audacity to make us play football Yo, right mcdaniel's now? face was so red it was like it was like I don't know how, like I said, the coldest day I can recall working outside was like negative 15, maybe negative 20 real field out here in Jersey. But I'm layered up. And we had a truck out there. We had a heater cart. It was breaking. We had to get a new one. But I was gloves on. I'm standing there. I'm laid in the all car. It was cold. But, yeah, it looked like Tua was just not – he wasn't ready for that moment. Yeah, he wasn't. And then the Buffalo, the Buffalo game, it just – I mean, Josh Allen kind of did Josh Allen things where he just he missed a couple of plays and we highlight them excessively because, you know, they were always the September Super Bowl champions. <coughs> so them beating Miami and Buffalo wasn't like crazy. Them beating Baltimore and Baltimore thinking that Kansas City is going to beat them. That's yeah. It's, it's I don't think logical. Baltimore it's not, thinks logical to, it's not logical to think that it would happen, but this is sports. You know, it wasn't logical to think that the U.S. hockey team was going to win that game in 1980. It wasn't logical to think that anything that like to think that Earl Spence was going to get beat up that way. Like none of this stuff is logical. Yeah. Like things just happen. Like, you know, and I'm not saying that that you should expect Kansas City to win. What I'm saying is the same thing that you said. When Buffalo's down 14 to three, you feel like uh, Josh, Josh Allen's going to do everything in his power to get a score right there with Patrick Mahomes. See, think about what you you said. You feel like Josh Allen is going when Patrick Mahomes get the ball, you know he's going to do something. But that's the thing. The reason I feel Josh Allen's going to do anything because I think Josh Allen's going to sacrifice his physical health to get you that touchdown. Mahomes is not going to sacrifice his 
body for that touchdown. You don't got to. He's Josh good enough. Allen he doesn't going have to. Third and eight. Josh Allen's running into that cover three zone, and he's running to all three linebackers or two linebackers in the corner when it's at the seven yard mark, and he's going to just propel himself forward to get that first down. I think that about Josh Allen. I don't really think he's going to be able to just win you a bunch of games that way. I just feel like when he gets the ball back down 14-3, he's going to be able to get you a touchdown. With Patrick Mahomes, I think he knows if you get to this spot, I'm going to put the ball on you. He, I, I don't think he ever wavers on his arm strength, his accuracy, his understanding of coverage. The issue that I've always had is that that's with why this they're season, dangerous. They MVS made a couple of catches last week. You just logically stated why Kansas City could win this game. Okay, when (laughs) when MVS made a couple, he made a couple of catches last week that I know, and I wasn't sitting on the couch with you. But when he made that catch, you thought to yourself, "Why do you catch the ball like that all year?" It was a few plays where he, I was like. He caught that going to the ground, back shoulder on the sideline, arm in his face, being interfered with. He was dropping wide open passes all year. Right. I can't count on that to happen again in two days or three days. I can count on Lamar dropping back and then seeing his man coverage and scurrying out for eight yards on third and seven. I can count on that. And that's why I'm picking Baltimore to win. But to act like Kansas City doesn't have a chance. like I didn't say they didn't have a chance. I just think that Baltimore is just operating consistently. I don't, I think Kansas City needs the mistakes. I think they Kansas do. City, they, they need, because they Stephon Diggs they is do, but they have the second, second and nine. The league, so that could happen. But they need it to happen. They actually have they have to have that happen. If it does not happen, it's not the same game. It's the it's the Denver game. Denver, when they lost to Denver 24 to 9 at Kansas City against Russell Wilson, it's because Russell Wilson went like nine for 14 for 132 yeah, yards or something crazy. Super efficient. No one made the mistake. There was no fumble. There was no turnover. There was no muff fumble. There was no blown coverages. It's just like Baltimore can't start the first half the way they started the first half against Houston. If they go into halftime 10-10, I think they'll still be fine. I think if they go into that half, it'll be interesting for the NFL. But I just, I, just, I think I if they go into halftime at 10 or so something like that against Kansas City, there's big trouble coming. I'm not saying that means Kansas City is going to win. I'm just saying that I think this is going to be a dog fight that goes down to the final possession. I would not be surprised if Baltimore won it by double digits. I wouldn't either. I, I, don't, either. I, don't, I don't know if I want to pick it because it's a playoff game and we, we've only seen Mahomes in one playoff game lose by double digits. And that was a Super Bowl to Tom Brady, but no one predicted that. Well, that but was because that was of his also, offensive line. Yeah, that was all coupled with the fact that it was something like he ran like 400 yards behind a line of scrimmage. Yeah, in that game. But I, I could see, I could see a scenario where Baltimore wins this game 27-13, and it's not close. It's not close the whole game. I can right. see that scenario playing out. 
And I'm pretty sure they're the primetime game, and then San Francisco-Detroit is the first one, even though it's early. Right. So, yeah, but that's where we are. You know, um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think I think I think both games are gonna be I think both games are gonna be good. I think both games are gonna come down to the wire. I'm buying know. ribs tomorrow, start marinating them on Saturday. You know what I'm saying? There you go. But yo, ladies and gentlemen, he is Mr. Logical. Your first I live am. show. Everybody that tuned in, the comments, uh yes, everybody sir. that sent it to shout out to my Uncle Charles. My my boy Charles Dre JL Jack Group not me yeah. Real Sports three sixty five shout out to Michael Wolfen for, for, for making this happen shout out to Lindsay for making us do it because she said like a year ago if you go talk on the phone as much you might as well have a podcast so like a week right. later we started so that's you know, right shout out to, shout out to my peoples shout, shout out to, out my to all y'all grandmas. All your grandmas that's watching it. You know, I had that Ronnie Lotto on earlier, so you know I was in the throwback that'll make a glance. <laughs> you know Shout what out man? to Dion Santa's prime time. You know what I mean? Shout yes, out to sir. Atlanta. Listen, Raheem, I'm shooting for you. I'm rooting for you. I'm coming down to Atlanta for a game <laughs> this year. I'm getting out of town. We live in life. Uh, but once again, man, super excited. We'll do this all the time. As a wise uh, man once said about what you just said. We don't believe you. You need more people. people. I mean, like, listen, we need more people. But we're yeah. at a subscriber point. We need more. Share with your people. Share with your grandma. Share with your grandpa. Play it on your TV at work. We don't cuss. I mean, you can play it at work. Like and subscribe. It's all free. It should have been the Scooby Doo. And guess what? America, we love you. We love you. Let's go. Peace. See you Tuesday. <laughs>